Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Back in college, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I would good-naturedly debate whether her instrument, piano, or my instrument, violin, was the more difficult of the two. I would always complain about intonation, while she would point at how thin my stack of music was relative to hers, and argue that the sheer number of notes pianists have to play and memorize totally beat my intonation card. Indeed, when it comes to discussions about memorization and whether musicians ought to perform from memory or not, it does seem like pianists are often at the center of the debate. So is performing from memory really more challenging for pianists than it is for other instrumentalists? And if so, why might that be? It turns out there actually is some research and some data in this area. Most research on memorization in music has focused more on exploring various encoding strategies, like structural analysis or practicing hands together or separate, and so on, rather than on the retrieval process itself. But there are many factors that can affect recall. One is a phenomenon known as context-dependent memory. This is a curious observation that we have better recall of information if we're tested on that material in the same environment where we learned it. For instance, way back in 1975, two psychologists tested members of a scuba diving club on their ability to recall a list of words while sitting on the dock dry, or submerged underwater in their scuba gear, wet. As it turned out, participants were able to recall the words just fine when they were on land or underwater, as long as they did their learning and recalling in the same context. In other words, those who learned in one environment and then were asked to recall in a different environment recalled fewer words than those who did their learning and recall in the same environment. Other studies have replicated this effect in the years since, and even expanded on the idea of context to include internal mental states like mood. It's important to note, though, that context-dependent memory effects are notoriously unpredictable and tricky to study, since it's difficult to predict in advance what specific elements of an environment will matter. Nevertheless, enough studies have seemed to find a memory advantage for recall in the learning environment, so we can be reasonably confident that this is probably a legit phenomenon. So what does this have to do with pianists? Well, 
One of the unenviable realities of being a pianist is that they must spend most of their time practicing and learning and getting comfortable on one piano, yet perform on some strange, foreign, unfamiliar piano when it matters most. And sure, all pianos have the same number of keys, and they're all located in the same places, but the weight and touch of the keys can be vastly different, not to mention the sound. So University of Houston study thus sought to see if practicing on one piano and performing on a different piano could increase the likelihood of memory slips. 32 first- and second-year college piano students were asked to memorize a short 16-bar piece composed specifically for the study. The students learned the piece on either a 7-foot Steinway Grand or a Kawai Upright, both of which were located in the same teaching studio. Then, they were asked to perform the piece from memory on either the same piano that they used when learning the piece or the other piano that they hadn't played on yet. And how'd they do? Well, those who did their practicing and performing on the same piano did well on their performance test, scoring an average of 26.46 on the Steinway and 27.96 on the Kawai, out of a total possible score of 32. But it was a very different story for the students who were asked to switch to a different piano for their performance. They had way more memory issues, evidenced by incorrect rhythms and notes, and ended up with average scores of 14.08 going from Steinway to Kawai, and 15.96 going from Kawai to Steinway. I was never much of a pianist myself, but I did take piano lessons as a kid, and I used to swear to my piano teacher that I definitely sounded better at home, and try to imply that her piano was the problem. So in hindsight, it looks like I was right. Then again, to be fair, I didn't practice very much, and I also refused to learn bass clef, so there may have been some other contributing factors to this. So anyhow, what are we supposed to do with this information? Is there anything we can do to counter the context-dependent memory phenomenon? Fortunately, yes. It turns out that learning material in multiple contexts during learning can help to strengthen our ability to recall information in a new environment and nullify the context-dependent memory effect. So even though I know that we all have a tendency to gravitate towards our favorite practice rooms and favorite pianos, it does seem like it'd be a particularly important thing to do for pianists to embrace opportunities to practice and do run-throughs on many different pianos, not just the ones that feel the most comfortable. In that sense, though it's easy to complain about practice room pianos not always being in tune or how some keys are stuck or the action isn't to your liking, it is kind of a luxury to have access to so many different pianos, as it takes way more work and effort to arrange time on different pianos once you leave school. I imagine this would also apply to organists, harpists, percussionists, and other instrumentalists who may not be totally familiar with their performance instrument in advance. Of course, it's less clear how much of an impact the context-dependent memory effect would have on other musicians who still use the same instrument but have to practice in one type of setting, like a practice room, and perform in a very different physical and acoustical setting like a concert hall. I'd imagine that there's still some benefit in practicing in different spaces no matter the instrument, but with regards to the context-dependent memory effect in particular, I guess I'll have to keep looking to see if there's any research that looks at this with string or wind or brass or vocal performers. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week.